Hi, I'd like a day now. It's me, Alan Smith, where we supply stories of the day's press and journal. It's been Saturday, November 13th. Um, so, front page of the paper today is um, Fallout as a £150 million city plan is approved. Um, master plan leader quits in row over Union Street uh, pedestrianisation. So, the approval of the pedestrianisation of Union Street as part of a £150 million vision to supercharge Aberdeen last night saw a key figure in driving the changes quit in protest. Uh, master plan leader Marie Bolton stepped down for the position as she clashed with Labour and Conservative administration partners over bus access. The independent councillors, uh, coalition colleagues, pushed on with a ban on buses and other vehicles despite concerns from Mrs Bolton and disability groups uh, that the move would engineer their exclusion from city centre. Uh, the decision left Mrs Bolton furious as she described her position as untenable. She told the PNJ, My mantra has always been that we must put those with the greatest challenges at the forefront of our thinking and at the heart of everything we do. Uh, the master plan voted through by councillors also details a new £50 market and a new fitback run and refurbished beach ballroom uh, with a full business case now to be prepared. The pedestrianisation of Union Street could now begin in summer 2022. Um, so council leader Jenny Lang hailed the decision as the next step in the city's journey. Well, it's, um, you know, near a day too early, I would say, the quicker the start on the getting it all spruced up the better and uh, you can, uh, as far as I understand it was going to be pedestrianised between uh, like Union Terrace doing to Market Street then you know that makes sense and it's like there'll still be buses either end of that so it's going to be access going to be too bad I wouldn't think but um, you know long overdue and um, the quicker they get cracking with the better as far as I'm concerned now here's a a guy, a sad state of affairs up in uh, Abashadar. So patients left out in the cold due to surgery staff shortages. So patients at a northeast medical practice are being left to wait in the call due to staff shortages, it's been claimed. Abashadar medical practice is short of administrative staff with extra resources being trained up in Port Soy in an attempt to ease the pressure. In the meantime, patients must queue up outside and wait for the doctor to come and talk them to their appointment. Um, MP David Jukit is now written to the NHS Grampian in, a, in an attempt to find a solution before the call weather sets in. Well, <laughs> I think it's almost obvious now. He has also raised concerns that patients are being forced to make a 20 mile rune trip to Port Soy to drop off medical samples due to the staff shortages in Abashada. Uh, with winter weather gripping the northeast, residents are becoming increasingly concerned about the situation. Um, you know, if people don't have a car, then you have to wait outside until you're called in. And in this weather, if you're an all person facing the wind and the rain than we have recently had, it's just neon, uh, said uh, Brenda Kemp as the chairwoman of the Abashadar District Community Association. Um, she says, we've no complaints about the local staff who all work so hard, it's made a lack of communication. So um, we just want the chance to discuss what the village needs. People can't go to Port Soy, there isn't a bus that can take you there. So, well. That just about sums I think up with the bus services up here, but um, not an ideal situation, but uh, I think it's kind of same hour, no? every doctor's place you can tell you if they wait outside till the doctor comes and tells you it's alright to come in, so they're not waiting for king and a boot inside, but uh, not very good for uh, 
Fogi, if there's um, all creators standing outside and, um, you know, if I have to go to the doctors in Bururi, I would class myself an all creator, and I didn't want to be hanging about outside. So, quicker to get some more folk in and get it sorted out, the better. But um, they'll need all brown for Foggy Tone to read my story from their way in, I think. Now, here's a show for, um, well, I would think all timers, but probably folk at our ages come into the Tivoli and say, Eric and Ern said to bring sunshine to Tivoli. So, Evoking memories of a time when uh, Hale families would sit around the TV on a Sunday night uh, Ian Aspital and John T. Stevens will pay homage to Morkman Wise in their show Eric and Ernie that's coming to Aberdeen. Packed with the iconic uh, comic double acts, much-loved routines, catchphrases, songs and sketches, Ian and John T. are excited to hit the road and bring family entertainment to the Tivoli Theatre on Tuesday. It's a nostalgia trip really, said Ian who plays Ernie Wise. Uh, we're going back to watching Morkman Wise when we all used to sit around and watch the TV as a family and laugh at the same jokes. It's good, clean family entertainment. Um, and it's not just the fans who remember those times that enjoyed the show. Even youngsters who weren't born from the duo were thrilling audiences in the 60s and 70s are enjoying a bit of Morkman Wise humour. Um, Ian said it's because it's funny. It was funny then and it's funny now. It was never political and they were absolutely loved by the British public. Uh, we had a 10-year-old boy in the audience the other night. He was in the front row and he was laughing so much it was lovely. And he was sat next to his mum and his granny and the Hale family were laughing their heads off. Um, Ian and Jonte also have the support and approval of Eric Morkham's son, Gary, and daughter, Gail. Um, Ian said both Gary and Gail watch the show all the time. We had a meeting with Gary the other day and he gives us little notes and tips. He's really involved in the show. So, well, on behalf of um a vintage like me, I certainly mind uh, watching Muckman Wise with my mum and dad and at Christmas time. That was um, that was a show that nobody you know wanted to miss because it was just it was so good and you know I think it was must have been hard to top each year. But um, during the seventies, nothing went away. It certainly was like the big thing, and I, I'm pretty sure there was like sometimes there was thirty million folk or close to that was watching it on a Christmas time. So unbelievable figures that nobody will ever get close to now, I suppose. So. Um, yeah, sounds like a good show and uh, wish my best of luck when you come to Tivoli. Now, um, apparently record numbers arrive in UK across the channel this other day. So, a record 1,185 people reached the UK on Thursday after risking death aboard little boats in the English Channel, a new record for, their single, for a single day. Lifeboat crews, border force and French authorities spent hours intercepting boats in the Dover Strait throughout the day. However, despite their efforts, three people are feared lost at sea after two kayaks were found adrift off Cali. Um, Thursday's total, confirmed by the Home Office yesterday, is the highest for daily arrivals during the current crisis, surpassing the previous high of 853 earlier this month. More than 23.5,000 folk have now reached the UK after crossing the English Channel aboard little boats this year, according to data compiled by the PA News Agency. In the last seven days, more than 2,400 folk have crossed to Britain, the most in any such period during the current crisis and more than the entirety of 2019. In what has become a familiar sight by the docks in Dover, a young girl wrapped in a reed jacket was seen being carried ashore on Thursday, one of hundreds of folk brought in after being picked up. Border officials were busy past nightfall in the Kent Harbour as they worked to process the hundreds of arrivals. The cries of children waiting within the compound in the November chill could be heard added to the usual hustle and bustle uh, noise of the busy trade port. Further being the coast, mere folk were reportedly seen arriving on Hastings Beach after being picked up by the RNLI. So, crikey, well, you know, that is absolute sheer desperation for you to, to 
get here to risk life and limb crossing the channel in a, a little kayak or a little boat, I mean, goodness gracious me, so, um, you know, I'm not sure if the answer is to, to um, uh, this, but I mean, the folk are as desperate as to come here, I think um, the least we can do is give them a chance to settle and, you know, become part of the, part of the country, because, uh, Things must be desperate, desperate back here before they're doing all that. that uh, unless, of course, they get brutal and fun, and then we'll maybe be waiting back here after a wee while. Now, here's the Great British Bake Off. Now, it's uh, dished up a new TV deal. Uh, the Great British Bake Off has extended its license with Channel 4 and Love Productions for a further three years until 2024. The popular show has been broadcast on Channel 4 since 2017 after the boat or the rights for the BBC for had showed it for the first seven series. Uh, the programme is on its 12th series and is fronted by judges Paul Hollywood and Dame Prue Leith with Matt Lucas and Noel Fielding uh, as the presenters in the famous tent. The programme is one of the biggest shows for Channel 4 with the last year's final watch by 11.5 million folk, more than a 40% share of the viewing audience according to the broadcaster. Uh, Channel 4's Ian Katz said, We are thrilled we can continue to serve up Bake Off's unique combination of warmth, humour and soggy bottoms for years to come. So, well, I must admit that was a thing I did uh, watch noon again and I did like to see the some of the things the market's um, amazing how they can put them all together. But um, far, far beyond my capabilities, I'm sure. But uh, have been a programme ever come up for, um, you know, mac and porridge or mincing tatties or... Uh, Oat cakes. I, I might have mentioned before that I was uh, came third in the world championship. So again, I think I do it with oat cakes. But um, no, no, the things they bake up here is uh, far beyond my capabilities. I'm afraid, and um, you know, good luck to them for the rest of this series. I'm actually a couple of programs ahead, so I didn't went to Ken Fuzz one in the last couple of weeks, but uh, or Fuzz out, I should say. But um, I have a good idea. Fuzz going to be in the final two. I think it's going to be Jurgen and the Italian money. Giuseppe, I think his name is, they are kind of hidden soldiers, I mean, nobody else. Anyway, good luck to them, and hopefully I'll be able to watch it for a couple of years yet. Now, just finish up with sport as normal, and the uh, back page obviously focuses on uh, Scotland's great win against Moldova. The uh, Danish class is now focused for Scots Gaffer Clark, it says. So, Steve Clark says Scotland want to end their World Cup qualifying campaign on a high by taking something for the game against Denmark. The 2-0 victory over Moldova last night was Scotland's fifth in a row and guaranteed them a playoff place. However, only a point gained against the Danes at Hampden Park could prove crucial in the hope of being a seed and getting a home tie in the playoffs. So, well, here's hoping the day, I mean, they're on a tremendous run and, as I've said before, um, hats off to Steve Clark. He's done an absolutely marvellous job, um, as he did at Kilmarnock before he became a Scots manager. Um, you know, for his both teams has been uh, fantastic. And we think he's picking for lower league players, you know, a good lot of them. Um, okay, he's got a sprinkling of Premiership players, but, you know, still absolutely fantastic for Scotland to be in this position. So, well done to him, and uh, for Monday night, come on, Scotland. Now, that's me done for the day now, just a wee survey stories of the day's present journal, on Saturday, November the 13th, and uh, quite a dark, overcast day up in the Berlin today. It's very, uh, just black-looking kind of hell day, but uh, no cows, no, no windy or anything like that, just... Uh, dank i suppose um you would say anyway thank you very much for listening to this podcast i hope you've enjoyed it uh if you have if you're able to tell a a pal or a neighbor or an acquaintance about it and see if we can boost the numbers a bit eh? and if, uh, if you didn't like it you can maybe tell somebody that you didn't like so you can spoil their day and uh if you're able to 
subscribe to it, that would be great. And if you can leave a review on whatever platform you listen to it on, that would just be fantastic. So in the meantime, thank you very much once again. Cheers now. Toodaloo. Constitution, speak the proper rules of them. Longfield, Nelfield, Manafield, and Panafield. Hearts of all the stories that you believe in a game.